All right, what's up, guys? Welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Super Podcast. It is Monday, June the 26th, 2017. And as I've been saying on social media, today's episode is going to mainly touch on some takeaways from today's SEC Men's Basketball Summer Teleconference uh, with fourteen all 14 schools represented by either a head coach or assistant coach. And there were lots of interesting topics on display. And just to kind of let you know how this goes up front, uh, you know, everyone will have a chance to answer questions. You only get seven or eight minutes with, with a certain guy. So, you know, maybe there'll only be two or three people that get an opportunity to ask questions of each coach. Um, and they aren't always team specific. So you could have guys uh, from somewhere asking about their specific team and their location to another head coach. And the biggest hot topic on today's teleconference was the NBA one and done rule. And for the majority of you, you've heard a lot of this already in terms of what these coaches' stances are on that specific rule. And I'm not going to touch on a lot of that just because most of the stuff, you know, John Calipari was asked about it today, and he's been asked about it plenty of times at this point, and so have other guys around the SEC. So I'm mainly going to touch on any team-specific, player-specific notes that came out of this, and this will not be a full, encompassing, you know, everything because... Uh, obviously when I'm on the teleconference, I don't have a chance to write down everything, get quotes all at one time. Um, so once those quotes are, are sent and I get my access to those, then I'll have a ton of written stuff coming your way this week on Southeast Hoops and next week, probably there's enough in there to kind of fill that. So be sure to stay tuned to southeasthoops.com for that. A lot of written stuff will be on the way with specific, uh, quotes from all of these coaches and, and some good storylines as we continue here throughout the summer. But let's go ahead and dive into some takeaways. And like I said, every coach will not be involved on this episode. Let's just start with some takeaways. John Calipari came on first. He was asked a lot about the NBA one-and-done rule. Um, But the biggest takeaway from him was just talking about the inexperience of that team. He knows they're going to be really young, but he's also very excited about that group, and and that seems like something that we all kind of know going into every season is how young they're going to be. You know, this is the most inexperienced team he's coached, and he's kind of interested to see how everything comes together on that. One thing he did kind of note was that he loved the way Kevin Knox played out at the U19 training camp there in Colorado before he got injured. Uh, Seems to be very high on him, just in terms of what he's going to be able to do, and that's no surprise. I mean, I think when you look at Kentucky, you're going to have Kevin Knox, you're going to have Hamadou Diallo. Those are probably the two guys that are going to garner the most attention uh, heading into the season and you know those could be the two guys that when we talked about all SEC teams last week those are probably your two best bets the guys that are going to have a really good season and have an opportunity to be among the best players in the SEC this season so everything else with Calipari like I said it was mostly a lot of one and done stuff and that stuff that I know a lot of you have heard before I'm um, just getting his thoughts on it and, and we know how it works every single season in Kentucky so and uh, next up, in terms of just a takeaway from the teleconference, was Bryce Drew talking about this Vanderbilt team and kind of uh, he's got some new guards coming in, Saban Lee, who I've talked about before, a very, very good freshman guard who's going to come in. And then he also adds Larry Austin, the Xavier transfer, will both be on the floor. And that's going to give, I think, Vanderbilt some options this year in terms of the backcourt because they have a lot of guys back there that can do a lot of different things. You think about those guys, Raleigh the Chance returns, Matthew Fisher-Davis, kind of more of a three guy, I guess you could say, 
but a true, you know, kind of shooting guard, a guy who's going to be among the leading scorers, I would think, in the in the conference this season. Um, and then I asked Bryce Drew specifically about Jerry Baptiste, who is someone that really is going to be expected to, to have an increased role this year. Uh, Luke Cornett's gone, and that Vanderbilt front court's going to have some question marks because, you know, Baptiste is not a guy like Cornett who's going to be out extending the floor, shooting threes and all that. He's going to be your traditional post player where he's going to have his back to the basket. He's going to be expected to have a big impact on the defensive end of the floor because they're going to need that. You think about all the shots that Cornette was able to alter. Uh, Baptiste is a big body, but one, one of the things Bryce Drew said when I asked him about him was, you have to remember this guy coming from overseas. He started playing basketball, you know, not at a young age. I mean, it, it took him a while to get started. Still learning a lot of different things, whether that's the fundamental stuff, certain skill sets to help him be a better player. And I think he's someone you're going to need to watch out for this year just because as his as he progresses or his progression in general may determine kind of what the ceiling is for this Vanderbilt team just because they have to have some inside presence and they have to be able to get scoring in there. Uh, I think Baptiste, you have to stay out of foul trouble and kind of adjust to the speed of the game. If he can do that, uh, that's going to give Vanderbilt a lot of options there because this team has a lot of talent on there. I mean, two guys I did mention, Joe Toy. Jeff Roverson, two guys who are going to have breakout seasons, as I kind of say, every year, and they seem to just get better and better. Um, so Vanderbilt's a team you're going to need to watch out for, and I'll have more stuff on Vanderbilt over on southeasthoops.com. More takeaways from Bryce True's quotes uh, from the teleconference. Another takeaway on Frank Martin. Uh, he was talking about this South Carolina team. We all know about the Final Four run they had last season, and he was asked about just kind of how has it raised their profile on the recruiting trail, and I think it's something that you kind of know, but until they actually say it, you know, it's something you think about, and it's like, well, you're right. And Frank Martin was talking about how you know it doesn't make recruiting any easier. Just because they make that run to the Final Four, you know, they, they have an opportunity to get good players, and they've had that opportunity over the years to get good players in there. I mean, it's an SEC school. Um, there's a lot of draw to that program even before the Final Four run. But you know, for them, now that they've had this Final Four run, Things really don't change a whole lot because they still have to, like he said, they still have to find the right guys, build the right relationships, and get the guys in their system that are going to fit well. And I think that's something people have to remember. Um, Rather than going out and just stacking talent all the time, sometimes just about getting the right fits. Uh, You don't have to have a five-star at every single position uh, to be able to succeed. It's about getting the right players that are going to mesh well together. And that's something that Frank Martin was talking about just in that system and um, you know, there were a lot more insights there that I, I didn't get a chance to catch while I was doing other stuff. Uh, but uh, I know Frank Martin is excited about this team. There's a lot of opportunity on this South Carolina team coming into the year. Another guy just took some things away from was LSU head coach Will Wade. You know, I, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me with Will Wade is that it's exactly what I was talking about before he was hired last year. LSU needed somebody who was going to have that positive energy uh, have the personality that you need to kind of bring more, you know, more attraction, I guess, to that program and, and get these players heading in the right direction. And I thought that's something that's been a big key for LSU this offseason. It's going to be big key going forward because it's all about changing the mindset. And he specifically talked about that as one of their goals this offseason, just trying to change their mindset. When you think about how bad LSU was, and he also mentioned that, that defensive issues as well. I mean, we, we all remember LSU defensively was just terrible uh, last season, and he was talking about trying to fix that, 
get this new mindset in there. And then he also touched on the development of, of players like Brandon Sampson, uh, Skylar Mays, the, both of those guys who have a chance to take a step forward in that LSU uh, roster, in that rotation this season, just because of the style of play. I think they're both going to have a lot of opportunity. Um, and then one of the funniest parts was he was asked about, you know, kind of the reception to him being hired there at LSU and was asked about how the reception had been. And he's like, well, Wade said, well, it's been positive because we haven't lost any games yet. And that's the truth. You think about it, it that is the truth. Um, there's a lot of positivity around that program, but how do, how do people react when you start losing games? And, and look, I mentioned this last week on the podcast as well. Go back and listen to last week's podcast. And I kept saying, um, this LSU team is not going to be as bad as a lot of people think they're going to be because they have some talent there. And when you think about the style that they're implementing, where they're going to be pressuring people and making things really difficult defensively, uh, that adds another layer to, to this team and gives them a chance, I think, in a lot of SEC games. I don't think that by any means they're a lock to be the team at the bottom, as some people think. I think it's going to be interesting to see how all these pieces come together. I mean, you still have Duop Reith back. Uh, you have Jeremy Combs coming over from North Texas. So so there are some guys that are going to be able to add a lot of different things to this team, and I think that's what you could kind of tell from Will Way was that He's excited. He knows that there's a lot of things that they have to continue to get better at. But this is exactly what LSU needed. They needed a coach like this that could come in, bring that positive energy, bring an added personality, and really get this team's mindset, like he said so many times, headed in the right direction. And uh, next up in the next school to touch on, it was Tennessee. Rick Barnes was not on the teleconference today, but his assistant Michael Schwartz was. And I asked him a couple questions just in terms of that Tennessee roster this year because I think Tennessee is one of the more intriguing teams in the conference heading into the season because I think they have enough pieces in place to make the run at that NCAA tournament. We remember what they were able to do last year. They lost Robert Hubs, which is, in my opinion, a big loss just because of his leadership. He, he could score. He could do a lot of little things well. And how do they replace that? Well, I asked Schwartz just about a couple things. James Daniel, obviously someone who's coming over from Howard, uh, just a tremendous score, led the nation in scoring in 2015-16, averaged 27 points a game. Um, and and they said that he, Schwartz was talking about how he's still just dealing with the injury, but uh, that he had at Howard, and they were just kind of waiting to get him on the court right now. But they just, they love the scoring ability, and that's something that's so easy to love when you have a guy that can score like that, and they were continue to work on different elements of his game as well. Uh, but that scoring presence, adding that to their backcourt, is something that I think Tennessee's very excited about. Uh, because then, to kind of go into my next question I asked, talking about what they have elsewhere with Grant Williams, um, one of the aspects they're really working on with Williams is expanding his game a bit. Uh, we all remember last year, I mean, he had two 30-point games last year as a freshman. And that hadn't been done a long time at Tennessee to have a guy like that to come in right away, make the type of impact he did. And and look, this was a guy coming out of high school that was not heavily, you know, publicized. You know, there was not a lot of hype around him, but yet he just turned into a solid player. And you can just kind of tell that as they're trying to expand his game more and more, being able to to push beyond 15 feet, be able to score outside. Uh, that's going to add another kind of you know interesting facet to his game that's going to give Tennessee a lot of opportunity to win a lot of games this year. And so um, that, that was the biggest takeaway of there because those are two key players I think a lot of people are going to have their eye on with Williams and Daniel uh, because of their that scoring ability that both of them have 
and just seeing how Daniel fits into the mix there in Knoxville. So, uh, Mike Anderson talked about this Arkansas team, and, you know, Mike Anderson, very, very high on this senior group. You think about the seniors they're going to have coming back, all the experience this Arkansas team's going to have, and it's funny because we look around and we talk about all the youth in the SEC last year, the youngest conference in the country in terms of experience. Now you have an Arkansas team coming in this year that has a ton of experience. They did lose Moses Kingsley, Dusty Hannes. But you think about the experience that's returning with those seniors. Daryl Mack and Jalen Barford are going to lead the way, but that young group of talent coming in as well. And the biggest thing Mike Anderson was kind of speaking on was just the, the, the fact that they're going to have depth. They're going to have versatility on that roster, and that gives them a lot of options in terms of what they're going to be able to do uh, they're in Fayetteville this season, and Arkansas is a team, as I've said before, most people are going to pinpoint them as a potential preseason top 25 team, a team that could potentially should get back to the NCAA tournament. I think potentially is the right word. They probably should get back to the NCAA tournament for a second year in a row. And like I've continued to write about and also say as well in episodes of Southeast Hoops podcast, you know, Mike Anderson, nowhere near as bad of a coach as everyone kind of jumped on him for last season when they were struggling at times and he's definitely got things headed in the right direction and he feels like that program is certainly trending upward when you think about the talent that's returning and it's it could be a very fun season for the Razorbacks they're another one of those teams that you could say well they could finish fifth sixth seventh or you know they also have the potential to really move up higher and have an opportunity to maybe be towards the very top of the SEC because they just have so many different pieces in place so Arkansas is going to be an exciting team, I think, to watch this season and have a very exciting opener. Uh, they're going to play Samford in their season opener, and, boy, Samford uh, has a loaded roster there with Scott Padgett as the head coach, a lot of great talent returning. Um, so that's going to be a fun game to watch to open up the season. Um, Avery Johnson from Alabama, also on the teleconference today. And, you know, a- Avery's someone who's talked about the SEC for a long time now, and he even last year – Kind of like when I was and very few other people were talking about how good this league was from top to bottom. Felt like it last year, and he was talking about just how competitive it was going to be this season. Uh, mentioned just really how he felt like a lot of these games this season in the conference going to be decided in those final two or three minutes just because teams were going to be that evenly matched all across the SEC. Um, and one of the things to take away specifically just on his team, you know, he was really kind of thrilled with how their offseason workouts had been going um, and really the progression of everyone. They have everyone in place there except for Tevin Mack, who has not joined the team yet, but he will soon enough. Um, but but thinking about all the pieces they have in place there, you can kind of tell he's very excited just about the possibilities. And Daniel Giddens was someone that he, he specifically talked about in terms of his progression. And Giddens is one that, that a lot of people maybe don't know a lot about, you know, Transferring from Ohio State, uh, how was he going to factor in after sitting out last season? What's his role going to be? And and you could just kind of sense that that Avery is really looking forward to seeing how he meshes with that offense. Um, he kind of he feels like this progression's really come on. Ha- happy about where he's at strength wise, added a lot of strength, and also thinks that he's really starting to expand his game a bit to where he can do you know a lot of things for this Alabama program. And, and I think that's one of the you know, first episode of Southeast Hoops podcast we did last week. I talked about Dante Hall in that front court. If Dante Hall and Daniel Giddens can both just be consistent inside and they don't necessarily have to do all the scoring, Alabama has enough options to where they don't need those guys to put up 10 points a game each. 
you know, when you have Colin Sexton, Braxton Key, Dazon Ingram, other guys like that, you don't necessarily need your two, you know, your big guys inside to be able to, you know, score that many points a game. And, you know, Hall's going to be the guy coming in to where he's probably going to be the guy that's going to get a lot of attention on the inside. But I think if Giddens has that chance to where he can come in, play a lot of minutes, uh, give them something on both ends of the floor, that just adds another layer to Alabama's team and what is already a team that's filled with offensive weapons, um, going to have a more consistent offensive uh, sort of strategy this year just because they can, because they have someone like Colin Sexton who's going to be able to create the offense even when things kind of stall out sometimes. And then defensively, Alabama is going to be one of the best teams, not only the SEC defensively, one of the best teams in the country. You just think about all the all the different aspects of their games. I have a lot of guys that, that really just can play defense. And that system, um, you know, Giddens, he's the most intriguing player to me to watch him and Hall because if they can take step forward and give Alabama a specific presence in the post, a real physical presence, two guys that can really rebound and add a lot of length, athleticism, and affect the game that way, not necessarily always offensively, that, that's just going to make Alabama even better. And that's a scary thought because this is a team that I already have in the top 20. Uh, and if those guys can really come along, it's going to be a big season for the Grimson Tide. And speaking of big guys uh, that are set for monster seasons, that's one of the things Bruce Pearl was talking about. With Austin Wiley, as I mentioned, you know, had a chance to catch up with Bruce Pearl on the Marching to Madness podcast that I do. He he was talking about Austin Wiley, thought he was set for a big year, and that was before Wiley went out to this U19 camp in Colorado, eventually made the team, and has really just impressed everyone. I mean, he is he has been the talk of that camp in terms of his physicality, his potential inside. Uh, Pearl mentioned that he thought he was the most physical guy at the camp, uh, just banging around on people in there. And that's something that Auburn absolutely needs. They have to have Wiley, and I wrote about him a month ago, as I've already said. Um, his progression is just going to be massive. And, and I think this is a guy that's going to potentially go to being an all-SEC type player this year because he has all the tools. And just with that physicality, the, the way that he has strengthened his body, and you can just tell, that offseason of training has done wonders for, for him and his game because he's, he's going to be able to use his body a lot better and stay on the court, not get in foul trouble as, as many times as he did last season. Um, he's just got a chance to be a monster this year. There's no other way to put it. He has a chance to be a monster. Pearl was also talking about the impact of the overseas trip. Felt like, uh, as he mentioned with us on, on our podcast uh, last week or the week before, just the benefit of having an overseas trip. He's always felt like his teams have had some of their best years when they've gone on those overseas trips, and that's what Auburn will be doing when they head to Italy um, in August. So he's excited about that. And Bruce Pearl is someone that really talked a lot about that NBA one-and-done rule. Going to do some written stuff on that on Southeast Hoops. But, but again, you know, another coach that's excited about his team. Uh, and, you know, it, it makes sense when you think of all the depth and you could look around and say, well, of course, all these coaches are going to be excited about their teams. But listen, it's not just coach speak this time around. This is a case to where these guys know they have the talent in place to have, you know, potentially massive seasons. And and that's something where, you know, Auburn's been waiting on this for a long time. And, and Auburn is going to have an opportunity to be in the NCAA tournament this season. 
And then just a couple other quick notes from guys uh, to finish up here. Like I said, we'll have a lot more in-depth stuff as, as you know, have access to all the full quotes from all the, the different coaches throughout this teleconference. It's hard to have everything written down um, and get everything down as it's going along because you're asking questions and such. So a couple other quick notes. Ben Howland, very highly anticipating these new guys that he has on this team that Mississippi State's going to add. Obviously, losing Mario Kegler was not something that they wanted to do at this stage of the offseason, and and he was talking about that, how tough it was to kind of know this late that he was going to have a guy like that transfer out. Uh, but but he's he's interested to see how the big guy, Abdul Adu, is going to come into the mix and help that front court. I've talked about that Mississippi State front court a lot. If they can develop, if they can become more consistent, not only just on the on the defensive end of the floor, but if they can add something offensively as well, uh, Mississippi State's a team I would watch out for as potentially kind of sneaking under the radar, having an opportunity to get into that top half of the SEC just because of all that athleticism and how deep their backcourt is. So, Conzo uh, Martin was talking about some some expectations for this Missouri team. He knows there's expectations in place, uh, but he seems to be someone that's not really worried about what those expectations are. He understands that with a program like this that's had three straight seasons of 20 or more losses, and that it's just about progressing. And that's one of the things he kept mentioning was that just, just the process in general, uh, working out the guys this offseason, that's a big step. And getting Michael Porter Jr. in there was clearly um, the biggest step in the right direction for this Missouri program as they get ready for a really you know a different year there for, for the Tigers based on what they've seen the last several years. It's going to be a complete change of pace for Missouri. Um, and then just a couple of other notes. Uh, Billy Kennedy was not on there from Texas A&M. Uh, his assistant coach, Amir Abdul-Rahim, was. And I asked him about Admon Gilder, something that I've wrote about on southeasthoops.com. And, and he was talking about just how important it was for J.J. Caldwell to now be in the mix, a true point guard that's going to allow Admon Gilder to move over to that shooting guard role, which is his natural position. And here's a guy who came on scoring-wise last year, and you think about it, playing out of position like he did, uh, now he's going to get back to move to a natural position more often, and that's going to open up even more scoring opportunities there for Gilder. So he's a player that I think should not be flying under the radar because I think he's got a potential to be an all-SEC caliber player too um, because he's going to score a lot of points this season. He's going to be a dynamic scorer for that Aggies team that is loaded with talent and we will obviously talk more about Texas A&M as we go throughout the offseason here. So there are just some uh, you know, initial thoughts from, from the SEC teleconference. I know I didn't mention Mike White at Florida, Mark Fox at Georgia, uh, and didn't have a lot of notes on some of the other guys. Andy Kennedy's another one, but I will have written stuff on both of them because they did touch on, very briefly, a couple of guys on their teams uh, and again, I'll, I'll have more stuff on that as I was just, I was busy taking notes on other things and just, you know, it all kind of runs together sometimes. You kind of miss out on a couple guys throughout the teleconference, but uh, no worries. There will be a lot more coverage over on southeasthoops.com. I'll have a lot more stuff here as well on the podcast, just talking about this teleconference and what we got out of it. Um, and then we will continue just to dive into all sorts of elements of SEC basketball heading into this monster season ahead for the conference. Uh, it's just, boy, it's going to be a fun year. And it's going to be a year where the, you have no idea how things are going to play out. And, and I'm starting to kind of piece together my power rankings for the upcoming season. And and there are some teams that I will say 
have really surprised me in terms of how far that I have them up right now and how far I've moved them up from where I initially thought I may have them. And maybe there are a couple teams as well that have gone further down than I initially thought I would have them. But it's going to make for for a very fun season. And like I've mentioned to you before, I will have my full set of SEC basketball preseason power rankings coming out here probably within the next couple of weeks, two weeks to a month probably. Um, so so be sure to stay tuned to that as it's it's so much fun just getting to talk to these guys and breaking down all the aspects of these teams because like I said earlier when talking about a common theme that, that was kind of represented on this teleconference, everyone knows that the SEC is going to be one of the most competitive leagues in the country this season and that every game is going to be a very tough task. There will be no gimmies in the SEC this year. So thanks again for listening to the podcast. If you aren't already, it's Southeast Tubes podcast is now on iTunes or your podcast app, whatever they're calling it these days. Be sure to subscribe to that, and then you can just get every episode delivered to you as soon as they go up. Uh, or if you're on SoundCloud, you can also continue to follow them there as I keep providing the links there to the SoundCloud on Twitter as well. So thanks as always for listening. I will talk to you guys in tomorrow's podcast. <laughs>